Welcome to Renewal, the podcast. I'm your host, Lawson Hannaford. Uh, This is season one of our podcast, looking at renewal and how the gospel of Jesus Christ changes lives from the inside out, from the local church to the community, to our cities and to the greater world. We're looking at the history of uh, revivals. We're looking at the biblical view of revivals and how it starts here and now with us as God's Welcome to Renewal, the podcast, season one, episode six. I'm here with Pastor Graham Smith. Uh, we're talking about personal renewal. We'll be looking a bit deeper into uh, Graham's personal story and how he came to faith in Jesus and what God has been doing in his life. And we'll look a little bit deeper into how we ourselves can have renewal start in our own hearts, not just corporately, but now we're thinking about personally, because that's really where uh, the fire begins to take off in our own lives and then spread amongst other people. So welcome, Graham, to the hey, show. Thanks, Lawson. Thank you for having me. Uh, we feel like we've already done a couple of episodes. We've been chatting this morning, uh, but I'm fired up about renewal. So uh, I'm happy to share my story with you. I feel like fire is the theme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a book, actually, I've just just have been reading over it again. It's called Fire in the Fireplace. Um, yeah. Really good book about the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's the idea. On the one hand, you can have the fireplace... But no fire. Yeah, it's uh, just it's just something nice to look at. That's there's right. No, there's no power there, and there's no energy, and there's no heat coming. That's right. From. But if you've got a fire without a fireplace, it goes everywhere. Yeah, it's dangerous. So you need yeah, you need both. Good metaphor, yeah. <laughs> uh, Graham. I'd love to um, I guess start our podcast by hearing a little bit about your own story. Like so, uh, give give us the highlights. Yeah, like who are you, family, uh, those kinds of things, and then we'll dig back into your past. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to start backwards. If okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Go so ahead. like right now, I'm I'm pastoring City Reach Oakton, yep. and that was probably the most bizarre place to end up. If you look at where I was as a teenager, uh, so I was I grew up in a family that, like no one was believers, um, and when I was 21. Uh, okay, so first of all, I, I took a gap year um, and I went... You've you got to give us a country of origin as well. Oh, country of origin, yeah. I thought the accent would give it away. <laughs> all right, so let's, we'll go back then. So, so born in South Africa, yeah. uh, probably one of the, the, the big influences on my life is that my parents got divorced when I was three months old. Wow. Yeah, and that was because my dad, while my mom was pregnant with me, he was... He was having an affair. So soon after that, they were divorced. And in that way, I never kind of grew up in a household with strife, but I kind of saw how it hurt my mom. And growing up, it was myself and my sister. My dad, like he kind of, he's a classic salesman. He was a good salesman. But um, he did quite well for himself where my mom was a nurse. She struggled with two kids. And I just saw how that hurt my mom. But part of me, probably in a weird way, I resolved not to be anything like my dad. Yes. Which is which is weird, right? But he was kind of party animal, you know, womanizer, lots and lots of different yeah. girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, when he partied, he partied hard and drank a lot. Yeah. And I was determined to be everything that he wasn't. Yes. Now, the danger with that is you, is you build in this self-righteousness that mm. you don't even realize mm. you've got. Um, so I think growing up, I was I was not a bad kid, right? I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do any sort of the wild off the rails thing. I, I had a good group of friends, 
Um, but I certainly wasn't a believer. I was probably quite a self-righteous brat, <laughs> but that's, that's where I was at. So um, no, no Christian connection in your no, family? No. No church not, going? Not in my that. family. Uh, another key moment was um, we moved away from Johannesburg. I think I used to see my dad every second weekend, yeah. and just the, the dynamics around that. So we moved to a small little coastal place, and there we met a family uh, called the Cooks, and he was a lay Methodist preacher. Yeah. Go and the Methodists. Go the Methodists. Right? Wesley. <laughs> yeah. And um, they, they had a they had a, an older daughter and then three sons. And my sister was invited to the older daughter's birthday party. Uh, they lived, they were banana farmers in the, when they weren't preaching. Yeah. And we went to drop her off at the party and then they just said, hey, why don't you stay? Yeah. As well, because they had sons. And the joke is I, I stayed and never left. Because <laughs> they just absorbed me as part of the family. Wow. But what I did see, uh, I saw a, a father who loved his kids mm. and, and taught his kids. But I also saw a husband who loved his wife. And they took me to church every Sunday when, when, I, was, when I would sleep over and stuff like this. That was probably my, my first introduction to church. Um, but you saw it in like real, yeah. it wasn't a theory, that's, it was in people's lives. That, that is the real application. I, I don't remember much about church, but I remember who they were. Yeah. And they really did adopt me. I like sort of became the fourth son. I went on holiday with them. He wow. taught me how to fish and play cricket and all those things that were kind of important. So I did And that's God's grace. It is. So they were, when I became a believer at the age of 21, they were one of the first people I wrote to. Right, and I said, "Hey, thank you for being that witness to me yeah. all those years ago." Yeah. And and I believe it was like a seed that was planted, mm. in, and that's what stuck with me. Right, there was always this family I could look back on and go, "Hey, that's how they lived, and they lived that way because they followed Jesus." Right. Um, yeah. So that key influential moments. So I took a gap year. I went to Israel and I volunteered on a kibbutz. And, yeah, weird thing to do. No one else was doing that kind now, of thing. Now, what's a kibbutz? So kibbutz was, was just when Israel was formed, yep. uh, became independent. Like they were fighting a war from day one against, uh, against the Arab nations surrounding them. So they had to form communities that were able to sort of farm and produce food but at the same time keep them safe. Yep. So it's actually very much sort of a communist kind of idea where a whole community comes together and they live in the middle in sort of a, a commune kind of setup. Yeah, and commune, farm, communist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they farm the land all around them. And that way they could protect the people and they could protect the land. Uh, but what, what happens in Israel is that at 18, the guys go to army for three years and yeah. the girls go and serve for two. So all the youngsters would just leave the kibbutz or kibbutzim and they would go and serve in the army. And it just left no... No, no young people. So they take the backpackers in. Yeah. And that was where so, you go. Yeah, there's, there's a verse in Isaiah that says uh, foreigners will cause the land to blossom. So I like to think maybe I'm part of that, <laughs> that, that kind of prophecy and holding. I love but that. But they brought in, they called it a volunteer system. It's now since fallen away. Yeah. But this was back in the late 90s. And yeah, first year out of school, went there, volunteered. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to pack up and go to Israel yeah, and, and, I, and I'll, live I'll, in a commune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that idea, but typical I, backpacker. I just, I yeah. just had the sense of adventure. Let's go and do something different. Yeah, 
And um, I wanted to go and pack fish in, in Greenland or Canada or something like that. I heard you could make a lot of money in a short amount of time. You really have the spirit of adventure, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, at that time. And then literally someone came to our school and was talking about volunteering in Israel. And the guy I went with, the mate I went with, I just turned to him and said, hey, should we do that instead? And he was this laid back. Pack fish in Greenland, yeah. go to kibbutz in, <laughs> in Israel. Yeah. Guess what we chose? Yeah. So, I mean, come on. You got like sort of the Red Sea, Mediterranean yeah. thing. So we chose Israel. And like I had no sort of religious kind of training or education in any way. Um, but you kind of hear the stories about Jesus. Like South Africa's a quite a conservative culture yes. especially back then so yeah. it was it's a lot of religious stuff around and so i knew a little bit of the story of the bible um, but every three months they used to take the volunteers on a trip around israel they mm. took us to the dead sea took us to jerusalem and i remember being on the bus and going back to the kibbutz and i had my head on the window and i'm looking out the window and i see the sign and it says nazareth like 50 k's or something like that wow and it's this thought just came to my head. And it's like, wow, Nazareth is real. Jesus must be real. And with that, it was, I, I guess it was a thought. But it was like, you know, that's the one thing you have to wrestle with as a believer is yeah. who's Jesus. Yeah. And so I think then there was this spiritual awakening. I mean, Israel itself is kind of like the, the living encyclopedia of biblical, biblical geography. Then I came back, went to university uh, and what you study? Uh, I did a, a bachelor's in commerce, right? So business. So is that kind of fish packing, making money, and <laughs> yeah. still working its way. And then you went and lived in a commune at the other end oh, of the no. spectrum. I had to And you're like, no, no, I want capitalism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both forms. I mean, kibbutzism. Now that could be an interesting podcast. Like that whole social idea of how everyone kind of works so, together. So you're like, you're getting your capitalism and your communism yeah, together mixed up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's a happy medium there somewhere in the yeah, between. Right. But uh, came back, so st- started uni, and then an old friend from school, uh, a friend and, my, and myself, we 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 were in high school together. But he was an exchange student in America. I came back from a year away in Israel. Right. So all our friends were a year ahead. Yes. And we were like these guys who were away we didn't really know anyone coming through but you had some life experience yeah but we knew each other right yes so we kind of hung out together we started running together uh and then that's how we well i think really forged a strong friendship we started running marathons together but at the same time an old friend from school of ours invited us to something called the alpha course ah and we said no <laughs> like i thought it thought he's inviting us to Greek class or something. I'm like, no, we're, we're studying business, man. <laughs> yeah, right. And he said, no, listen, it's um, it's going to be free food. And we're like, okay, that's probably... That's a, that's a great way to sell an yeah. evangelistic course. Just come for the food. Exactly. Well, he did. And it was I think it was in like a Wednesday night or something. Yeah. And Wednesday night was students' night out. And uh, there's no way we were going to sacrifice students' night out. So we said, oh, no, sorry, we can't make it. It's students' night out. And he came back the next day and he goes, oh, it's been moved to a Thursday. Now, in, in hindsight, we didn't know that they moved the course just for us <laughs> so that they could they could get us there. So we were out of excuses. I, I, that's a good strategy. Yeah, it was. It was. The going yeah, where yeah, people were. Yeah. Um, now, this is where it's interesting where God moves, right, mm. where you see his hand of God. At the same time, I'd been taking 
uh, a subject, an elective, I had to take an extra one. And I, and I took this like weird one, I think because of my experience in Israel and sort of interest with economics, I took a subject called agricultural economics. Mm-hmm. Very small. It was like 15 of us in the lecture. Yeah. But there was this Zimbabwean guy, big rugby player. And I don't know for what reason, but my impression of Christians were that they were these kind of weak people desperately, yep. you know, yep. bit nerdy. Yes. <laughs> needed yes. a crutch. Yeah. And anyway, so Mark, and his name was Mark. We we became chatty in, in lectures and we spoke about sport and rugby and all those things. And then came to the night I was invited to Alpha and I see him there. Mm. And part of me is embarrassed, like, oh, man, what happens if he sees me at a Christian event? And anyway, I walked up to him and said, oh, I see that they, they got you too. And he said, no, I'm one of the leaders. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? Wow. And then I said, oh, I want to be in your group. And uh, so anyway, we started the Alpha Journey and uh, I argued my way through everything, you know. Mark subsequently said I, w- I was a tough nut to crack. Wow. He said I was probably the least likely person he ever thought that would come to faith because I argued everything. So, yeah. You, you, now, do, you do wonder though in, in hindsight when someone's arguing a point that like why, why have they got a point to prove, you know, it's because there's something in there that's... Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, you raised something there. important. There. I, I found there's probably two reasons people ask questions or argue. I find one is that it doesn't matter what answer you give them. They're just going to raise another objection. And they, yeah. don't, they don't really want an answer. They just kind of want to poke holes in Christianity. That's a pride thing. Yeah. And I'd say that's probably where I started. Like I thought I was a real smart guy mm. and would mm. come in and poke holes in it. Yeah, you're kind of a like... A, a communo-capitalist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, man. I, I, and, um, You're left and right. You exactly. Know, you, Didn't know you where can, I was. You can go anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then after a while, like I think the, the second group of people who ask questions because they genuinely want answers. Mm. Like that's like now we can look back and go, that's where the Holy Spirit was really yes. prompting and yes. convicting. And that became acutely aware for me, right? Like I... Uh, um, it's a weird thing I'd never experienced it before, but I really became like more and more convicted of my sin, right? I wouldn't even call it sin back then, London. It's like a, sin is quite a Christian word. But I just like these things that I know that are in my heart, my mm. life and things that I've done and even the self-righteousness that I had. Even that it. was brought up. Yeah, it wasn't brought up in the course, but I think how how he's prompting in my heart. Mm. So... Um, yeah, quite interesting. Then I went through the whole course, never made a commitment, was challenged. Um, now, my mate, who I was really close with, we went all the way through. We'd go to Alpha. The next day we'd go for a run and sort of debunk everything that was, was told us. thought we were very clever. But he went away on the weekend away. They have this like Holy Spirit weekend away. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he comes back and... He goes, oh, I've got something to tell you. I became a Christian over the weekend. And I'm like, man, what what happened? Like, they got him too. Uh, and anyway, so he was just different, right? Like, it's we always talk about being different. But he, he really was and he kind of said, well, this happened. And I wasn't, I really wasn't sure. Um, but anyway, I joined like a Bible, like a, a home group or a cell group. We called it a cell group. And it met on the university campus and I think I was probably more regular than most of the Christians in that group. And wow. Yeah, kind of went along, but still really genuinely searching. And I think I was 
I was beginning to have faith, like that stirring, but I just didn't know. And one night, um, a lot of people didn't arrive for some reason, and the talk that was kind of planned or the teaching was planned never took place. And just naturally, we started talking about uh, the church and Acts, and we got stuck on Acts 2, talking about the Holy Spirit, what that means. And I hadn't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm struggling to who's Jesus and work this out. Now they're starting to talk about the Holy Spirit. Pretty sure that's in the book of Acts too. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. Another example. Yeah. Um, so I think in line with that, the guy was talking to um, Mike, one of the guys was in economics, agricultural economics together. I just said to him one day, like it's amazing how the Lord surrounds you with people. And my best mate, comes a believer, this guy who I have lectures with, we just having conversations about Christianity all the time. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I don't know, I don't know. Like, it, you know, it feels, might be real, might not. I just have these doubts. And um, then he said, I, I just, let's just pray for you, man. Let's just come along and we'll just pray for you, right, and see. And so that, that next time we met in a Bible study, um, I was actually, there was a girl I was quite keen on and I was going to go out afterwards to a nightclub to see if she was around. And um, so we had the Bible study and it was dragging on a bit and afterwards everyone's chatting and I'm looking at my watch thinking, man, I, I want to get out now and you know go to town and uh, maybe see if she's out there. And so I kind of was in this, this is how gracious God is, right? <laughs> I went up to, to Mark and I said, hey, could you do that praying thing? That you said because I've got to go, <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. Anyway, that's how God actually. Oh, I <laughs> love that. Thing. What a jerk. Motivation. So. But um, anyway, uh, a couple of guys got around me and started praying. Now, like, remember, this is my first experience. Right? Yeah, yeah. I've never had anyone pray for me. But the weirdest thing happened, Lawson, was um, that as they prayed for me, I began. It was like a wave. But I just came over me. I just began to feel incredibly, incredibly nauseous, like I was going to throw up, right? Like, and the more they prayed, the more ill I felt. And it, it literally just turned on like a tap. And I said to them, guys, you got to stop. And as they stopped, I like lay down and as quick as that, it was gone. And I don't know what happened. But anyway, I went home confused. Yeah. <laughs> And I got home and I, I then began praying on my own. And you know, it's always one of those things where you feel the Lord speaks to you. Yes. And I'd never had that kind of experience. But it, as clear as anything, this thought came into my head. How you felt was how your sin makes me feel. Wow. And it was like, your sin makes me feel sick. And wow. to understand, I think, the depth of my self-righteousness and also all the other stuff I did. And I began... Repenting, like I wouldn't even recall it repenting then, but I, I just began naming the things. Uh, and I thought I'd be done in about two minutes. About two hours later, I was still on the floor. And then I was starting to name stuff that I wouldn't even have called sin before. Um, but just, I think, what the Holy Spirit brings to mind. Um, I went to bed, said goodnight to Jesus. First time I'd ever done something like that. And I woke up the next day. I, I still had doubts and thoughts and questions and that. But the one thing that was just so I was so sure of was that Jesus is real 
And um, I think I'd always been a little bit anxious about my future, like what I was going to do. And that was just gone. I just had no fear of the future at all. Wow. I just had this, this confidence that, that he was there. And that's remained, I guess, to this day, mm. uh, that, that he's, got, he's got our futures in our hands. Um, but, yeah, so talking about renewal, I think it was just like, hey, we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was the moment for me where it really kind of changed. That's an amazing story. Even that metaphor of, because it was a metaphor. Your sick feeling, yeah, but almost like you had to vomit out the sin, yeah, verbally, yeah. And as you know, you were doing that. God was saying, "I'll take it, yeah. I'll take all your sin, yeah. Jesus. I'll receive yeah. all of that, yeah, and you'll be set free, yeah." And that's, I mean, that's exactly uh, what happened. But like. That's not a, you can't, you know, that's not a model for how you become a believer. I think it was very, I mean, that's just how the Lord works. He, yes. he's, 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 he knows you. Yep. He knows exactly what your needs are and where yeah. you need to go and what was in my heart. And I don't think I ever saw myself as a sinner. Yes. That's the truth. Yeah. And it was, I needed the Holy Spirit's conviction that I was a sinner and Deeply, deeply offensive to a holy God. And you picked up on a self-righteousness, yeah. which was a sin. But people can become Christians or at least think they're Christians, but be filled with self-righteousness and not think they're sinners anymore. Yeah. Now, that's interesting. Does that, st- does that stop renewal? As it, does that stop? And let's say renewal is another definition is the active work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah. Uh, so, man, if you look at who Jesus had the biggest problem with, his biggest problem was with actually self-righteous people. There's actually that awesome parable Jesus tells of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And now what you miss is in the first verse, it says he told this parable to people who trusted in themselves and their righteousness. I think that's how it goes. Mm. Um, so that's who Jesus is getting at, right? Mm. Like you trust in yourself because you have the self-righteousness. Um, so, yeah, very much so. I think there's the, that Jesus kind of lays that plain. He says at the end of that, this, this parable of talking about them going to the temple to pray and, you know, the Pharisee actually what comes out of his mouth is all the self-righteous stuff. He's thankful that he's just better than everyone else. Mm. And let's be honest, like he actually did look like the right person. He did do all that stuff. He, he, was, he was a good person. He wore the right clothes. Gave, said the, the, gave, gave money. Gave money. He said the right things. Like all intense purposes, this guy's like, you know, the blue-eyed boy of Christianity. He's, he's got it, right? Mm. But yet he's filled with his self-pride, you know, self-righteousness, this pride. And you've got the other guy in there who's a tax collector who's essentially the scum of the earth. And all he can do is just beat his chest and go, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So, so, so pride, pride is like a deterrent for, um, you know, the gospel in general. 
Yeah. And that's why Jesus called it out so much. But it actually is it's a prohibitor for renewal in, in the Christian person. Yeah. Because it's saying, God, I don't need you. I can do it by myself. And so why then would he give you a filling of the Holy Spirit if you can do it by yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Like it it, it makes total logical sense from that point of view. All right, let's let's fast forward because I, I want to uh, I want to come back to what happened after that. Yeah. Because as we're zooming in on your life, we're also zooming in on personal renewal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so current status, you said you're uh, currently in pastoral ministry, uh, family. Yeah, so uh, married to my best friend uh, for the last 14 years, yeah. Irina. Now, she's got a unique background in the fact that she's ethnically Korean but she was born in, in Central Asia, a country called Uzbekistan, which probably most people listening to this wouldn't have a clue where it is, uh, but it's in Central Asia. So she's got a unique background. We met when I was teaching. I went and taught in South Korea, and she was studying there. Uh, so I finally convinced her to marry me. Um, she, we, we were in Hong Kong for quite a long time, and our two kids were born there. So I've got Elijah, who's 11, and Daniela, who's 8 at the moment. Uh, yeah, so just, I think, very blessed. Like, mm. she also came from a background of a broken home and, and parents who weren't believers. And that's my story too. Like, my family was quite almost against me becoming a believer. They were yeah. they're quite resistant to yeah. it. Um, but so I think we just have that common understanding of what it means and in that is actually a beautiful thing because it's it's made us acutely aware of the gift and the blessing of marriage mm. uh, and how God intended it so I think that's made us probably work harder at our marriage yeah just because we we come from that place like yeah this is a precious thing you can't take it for granted no no, no. and actually it is a beautiful thing like I feel the one area where we've grown is is we just we're best friends. Yeah. Okay. And that in a marriage is an awesome thing. Right? Yeah, like, it uh, is. Yeah. I mean, and that, it makes sense because the, you know, the, the best human relationship is a friendship. Yeah, absolutely. And and the closest human relationship is a marriage. Mm. So you should have both. Yeah. In in the one. I, we do a, um, I, I run a premarital counseling course and one of the sessions is called Friends for Life. Yeah, I just did it, it this week. Actually, with love a couple, it, it yeah. was yeah, it was it was. I really think Martin Luther said right, like Katie was his best friend. Yeah, like she has to be. Man, I I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in their marriage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a very interesting guy, Martin yeah, Luther. Absolutely. Apparently, he used a very bad flatulence as well. Which I wonder if they la- I wonder if they laughed about it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd hope so. Yeah. You'd, I don't know if he had a sense of humour. No, it doesn't come across as uh, that's <laughs> just that yeah. that kind of like um, very strong language that they use. Yeah, in, like in those days, just yeah. yeah. All right, let's let's go back. You you've come to faith in in Jesus. You're where we you were in South Africa. We in Joburg at uni. Ah, uh, nice. No, so I was in a place called Peter Maritzburg. Um, I got involved with a great church. Uh, I really grew. It was, I think my life changed really quickly. Now, if there's anything I can say just yeah. to that, probably one regret I do have is that soon after that, I moved into another commune with uh, with seven other Christian guys. Uh, so there were seven of us. You we love the communes. I know. Like, what is it? Um, community. That's where it comes yeah. from. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
seven of us rented a house and we were all believers, all went to church. And it was awesome. And was it like, sort of, was it a proper commune? Like you had a common pot of money and you sort of like, no, so the we, land? Were, we were just a bunch of, bunch of uni students, found a house that somebody would rent to us. We right. lived close to uni. We shared bills around groceries and rents, and that was about it. And we were all studying different things. But, um, like a Christian share house. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what yeah. it was. And, um, Really good for my faith, you know, those that informative years just growing, uh, you know, that, that was really special. But if I could say something, I think what I would have done differently, had I, I wouldn't have left my old friends as quickly as I, I did, you know, uh, mm. in a sense that I, I literally just formed new friendship groups, became, and I wish I'd been a better witness to 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 my friends. Now there was a couple of things uh, I invited everyone I knew to an alpha course. After that, you know, after after not ever wanting to go, I became quite passionate about inviting people along. Um, and there were two two of my friends from that time who I invited to an alpha course. They became believers as well. Wow. Um, but I, I just generally moved away from my group of friends and became really involved in the church and formed. I guess great deep spiritual friendships with Christians, but I wish I'd done both. You know, it's hard to do both though. Mm. I, I find that God often does that in our formative years as a Christian, because we don't realise that the pull of sin mm, and the so world strong. is so strong. Yeah. So it may have been that God in His sovereignty just pulled you out because because yeah. you, you needed it. Yeah, I mean, how we, like we're not going to know on this side, are we? But, no. But 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 I get that feeling that you could have been more effective. Yes. Like you could have witnessed to these people, yes. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that that I think was really informative. And then I graduated, moved to Johannesburg, um, and yeah, started going to to church again up there. Uh, I naturally, I think, just drawn to leadership, so I became involved in small group leading. Just, just began there. How were you growing, like, in in the faith? I mean, you said that you had you were living in a house with seven guys, yeah, and had a common uh, faith, yeah. But what was happening in, in that zone? Like, what was actually growing you, like, practically? Yeah. So I think um, one, I like this. I never really had like a super love for the word when I first became a, a Christian. Like I, um, and I, I prayed. I, I prayed one day, Lord, give me a passion for your word. And I, I you think, just asked for it. Yeah, I did. And he and he answered. Like yeah. that's a beautiful thing about being a baby Christian. You've got childlike faith. And I just I just became in awe with his word. Right. Like, uh, and I think that's something that stuck with me. So read it daily in the morning, at night. Um, Mark, the guy talked about who we think, uh, he was one of the guys I was sharing the house with. He was a great sort of discipler of me, like just naturally. Uh, we would spend a lot of time together talking about the Lord. He would, he'd been raised in a Christian home. His dad was a pastor. So yeah. um, that was very informative for me. Um, we would, there was a, there was a, prayer meeting on a Friday morning at the uni campi, at the uni, university campus. So I would go along to that. So you just threw yourself into anything you get your hands on? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And, and I, I mean, what do they say? Um, half the battle is just turning up. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's true, isn't it? Like yeah. just, just if, if you want to grow, turn up. 
Absolutely. Like, and you say that for yourself as well, not just turn up to meetings, but turn up to prayer and Bible reading in your own house Yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Like, get up and do it. Yeah. Well, the one thing, like, Mark said to me, he said, like, because I, I struggled a little bit about how to read yeah. the Bible yeah. and, and how to get the money. And he said, listen, it'll be, it'll be a discipline before it's a delight. I don't really know what he meant, but just that make it a daily discipline and before you know it, it's life-giving, it's the bread of life for you. Yeah. And, and that's what it became for me. Um, but, yeah, as you say, just show up. Just Well, it makes sense, the discipline for delight, because I can't really think of any really good thing that doesn't uh, get better without work. Like anything, like, yeah. like a skill, you know, you become proficient at something. If You used to be a runner. Yeah. You don't really love the first couple of runs you have. No. Even you don't love uh, run number a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But 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 you grow into loving and then it be and then you become a runner. Yeah. And and you become someone who's good at it. And who, who takes great joy from it. Yeah. Like how much more the word of God ought we apply the same discipline we would apply to, you know, physical training. Yeah. Or or really yeah. well, anything. Paul, Paul says, right? He says Physical training is of some value, but mm. training in righteousness, yeah. you know, that's that's what we should be aiming for. How do we how do we get trained in righteousness? Yeah. Well, we we spend time in the Word, we spend time praying. Yeah, like it's not rocket science. I think that's sometimes where we go off track is we try and make it something that that it isn't. We try and get mystical. Yeah, and that's dangerous, right? Well, because because you got no fireplace for the fire, then. Yeah, I love that analogy. It, it, it's yeah. a it's quite profound because yeah. you know no fireplace you burn your house down you got nothing left yeah but no fire what's well, cold yeah exactly and then you got both those plate those places looking oh this is the better one yeah. Uh, yeah and actually what it needs is a fireplace with a fire in it yeah and then you're going to bring the warmth and exactly yeah. what it was intended for yeah um, so so the, like it, it does require yeah like getting in and putting it and just applying. Well, we must remember there's always a spiritual battle, I think, because Satan doesn't want us to, you know, grow. Absolutely. In fact, the thing he wants at least is, is for Christians to be, like, humbly filled with the Spirit. He wants proud, self-righteous Christians who aren't filled with the Spirit because mm. they'll just they'll think they're you know, doing good things, but they're not. They're doing often the opposite because mm. yeah. pride has a diminishing return. Yeah. I guess the difficulty, like with that, is is what what they look like externally. Mm. They do actually look the part, you know. Like back to that analogy, that parable with Jesus told. I mean, people looked up to the Pharisees. They really did. They like, man, these guys are good. And Jesus even says, he goes, man, if you if you want to be part of my kingdom, you got to outdo the Pharisees in righteousness, in that they looked the part. And we have to be careful about what we evaluate as as growth mm. and do we do we esteem the right things ex- externally um you know, there's a motivation there that's yeah. that like uh, that's at the heart of the issue yeah because you can do the right things to look good in front of others and that was the issue with the pharisee or you can be and, and you're really not even you're doing the things for god you're doing it for yourself yeah so it's like that's a motivational structure. Yeah, yeah. Very Whereas much. if you be do things for God, then by definition it is not 
producing self righteousness because it's for someone else. Yeah, yeah. If if you're you know uh, disciplining yourself to get up earlier, spend more time in Bible reading and prayer, or in the evening, if it's for God's sake mm. and you're not telling people about it, and and, and that's maybe. A good measure is that you don't tell everyone. I would even take that a step forward and say it, it's with God. Yeah, right? like I'm not, I'm not doing it for Him. I'm actually doing it with Him, mm. and a great sense to get to know Him. Um, you know, talking about renewal and and that facade and pride that stops us. Like one of those things is, uh, if you ask me where renewal often begins on a personal basis, it begins with repentance, right? Even if you look at the great revivals. It began with prayer, and often that was preceded with with just confession and and this this realization of sin and where you got to. Now, pride actually hides sin, and you get rewarded for it. Mm. And confession and humility, mm. you get punished for mm. it. So you have to ask the question, like personal thing, but also are we creating the environment where we we almost subconsciously reward those who always say and do the right things and yet like kind of hide what's really going on like heart issues and yes. there isn't there isn't a safe place for confession there isn't a safe place for repentance because if you do then like oh my goodness now I know you've got the struggle and you know then you kind of get you don't get any other opportunities to lead or, or stuff like that right so um, I think that's that's a key thing that we've got to be really strive hard mm. for mm. is that uh, if we want renewal to come in our lives, I, I do believe it's actually a, often stopping looking where we're at and yeah. acknowledging the sin that so easily entangles yeah. and, and getting rid of that. But you do need uh, people in your life who will speak into that, yeah. help you through a struggle you might have. Yeah. But you also need to trust them that you can do that in a place. And we want to create churches where that's the place where it's normal, right? And we, we can yeah. we can model that kind of thing and it points it to the grace of God. confess your sins to one another. Yeah, so you might be healed. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and pride will just push sin deeper and hide it away. Well, if, if, if pride is one of those primary sins, right? Yeah. Because, and... Uh, We've covered this on the podcast before, but you talk about coming to faith for you, like the the moment was confessing sin, yeah, and a lot of it, yeah. Renewal is going back to the same well that you were saved from, yeah. You know, you know they talk about in Genesis redigging the wells, yeah. They uh, Martin Lloyd Jones preached like several sermons yes. on that. Yeah, he, he was good at <laughs> preaching a million sermons on, on, on one text. <laughs> but, but it was, it was about yeah. renewal. Yeah. And, and when we redig the well, we, when we come back to the well of salvation, we're actually saying like, Lord, you're, like, you bring life out of death. Mm. Like you transform me into a new person through your resurrection power. Yeah. Renewal is going back into that. Because, well, yeah. because cause, like, that's the heart of yeah. Christianity. It's not we don't move on from salvation, we go deeper into it. Yeah. And so it, it makes full, full sense and, and biblically that uh, the very thing that you, know, you did in conversion was the very thing that we need to keep on doing. Not that we need to be converted over again, yeah. but that 
sin and pride so easily sneak up on us, particularly with a religious facade, mm. the Pharisee, we have to keep putting it aside because otherwise it will, you know, like mold, it will just grow in the dark. Yeah. And you've yeah. got to expose it to the light. And we've got to be careful that we don't reward that mold yes. subconsciously, right? Yes. Uh, what you just said there just reminded me in the passage in Revelation uh, with the church, and I think it's the church in Ephesus, um, where he, he, he talks about, um, he goes, remember the heart from which you've fallen, mm. repent mm. and do the things you did at first. Yes. Now, he's addressing a church there, so it's corporate, but he actually does give them a what to do. He tells yeah. them two specific things, repent. Yeah. So actually like, okay, we're getting this wrong. And then he says, do the things you did at first. Mm. You know, like go back to those things that you used to do. And yeah. I would say let's apply that to personal renewal. And, I mean, let's be honest, there are times where we, where we go through a season of just feeling dry, disconnected, unmotivated all of us have had that season right and what i love is is that the scripture actually allows for that you know mm. you read a lot of the psalms mm. it is people wrestling through those doubts it's mm. almost amazing that god makes provision for that in his word yeah um and always comes through on the other side with hope and trust in him but there is the, there is these places for for um for doubt in in his word but I do think, hey, like in those moments of dryness and stuff like that, we have to ask ourselves why. How did we get here? Mm. You know, like how did we get to this point? And I think nobody intends to get there. Like they don't want to get to that How place. do you know if you're dry, like spiritually speaking? Like yeah. this is dryness. Like what would be some symptoms yeah. of that? I, w- I would say uh, joy and peace. So a lack of. A lack of. A lack of. It's just. It's just not there. Um, yeah, and why? Why is it not there? And I think there is this. There is this. And they're, they're, that's fruit of the spirit, right? Yeah. It's Galatians five. So yeah. Or two Peter one talks about this yeah. same thing. Yeah. You know, talk about the virtues. Yeah. Of yeah. a Christian, and and if you're not not experiencing and increasing in these qualities, it says you've forgotten that you were cleansed from, from, from what past former sins. sins. Yeah. 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 Which is like you've forgotten that you're saved. Yeah. 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 It's the well, and, and the yeah. well of salvation. Go, go back to it. Got to redig them. Yeah. So, you know, it's also funny like Hebrews talks about how do we neglect such a great salvation mm. and that mm. we, we drift. Like whoever wrote Hebrews, we don't know who it was, but I reckon it was someone who. I still who think loved, it was Paul. Still think it was Paul. I don't know. Whatever it is, I think it was someone who was very familiar with. Uh, with sort of boating terms because he talks about Luke. Yeah, it could have been. Anchor or whatever. We're going to meet him some way and we're going <laughs> to ask, ah, oh, it was you all along or the other way. Barnabas. Barnabas. Probably someone we just even haven't thought of. But in there he talks about like neglecting yeah. our faith. So yeah. how do we become dry? Mm. I don't think people suddenly like, oh, I've got this great ambition to live in a dry Christian boring life, it actually begins just by drifting away. Mm. Well, I think mm. let's find that verse. Um, this is in, in Hebrews 2. It says, Therefore we must pay much closer to attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. 
right? Yeah. Like it is nautical, has that nautical. It, he does, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there. There's anchors and drifting and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I think most of us just drift slowly. It's yeah. not like one day we suddenly wake up and we're dry, and we were full of the spirit the day before. We had, um, you know, full of joy, hope, love, and peace, and then suddenly we're we're in a place where we, we're dry. That's often your emotions, maybe. But where you feel spiritually dry, so you've just neglected those spiritual disciplines. So there's a cause to it, and the yeah. symptoms are I, I, there's a dispositional lack of joy, a lack of peace, um, like sin. Yeah, you know, you, you raise a good point, right? I do think um, we all have a certain bent. So yeah. I think some of us have maybe a legalistic bend and other of us have maybe a licentious bend, right? Mm, So mm. Romans unpacks as well. But um, not everyone is the same. Like the Jews, their biggest temptation was to go back under the law, back into legalism. And then you think too much of yourself. Yeah. But if if you fall into licentiousness as in... A grosser sin rather yeah. than self righteousness, you feel too little of yourself. Yeah, which is the gospel hits both of those. Yeah, because it says as a sinner you're worse. Yeah, actually you you put this your sins like were effectively the nails that put Jesus on the cross. They put him there. Yeah, and yet his love kept him there, mm. and so you're more loved. Yes. Yeah. Killer. Killer yeah. Yeah. Well, right? yeah that, right? You're more loved than you ever imagined, but you're you're, you're worse, worse than you ever thought. Yeah. And, um, and you need that because y- y- you need both of those yeah. to actually humble us. But, but I do think, like character-wise, we can we can go that way. Now both are sin, yes, because legalism thing. So one is you're dry, you're just like, oh, I've got to pile on more rules, mm-hmm. look more the part, and that'll that'll cure what I'm feeling. Or you're like, oh man, actually the former way I did things, they look pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I haven't got any joy. But I do remember that one bender of a night I had when I was 19. Maybe if I do that again. Just get it another way. Yeah. Uh, but now they're equally opposite, but they both sin. So I, I would say renewal is if you suddenly find yourself in patterns of sin that maybe weren't there. Yeah. Now, having said that, hey, we all struggle with sin. Like James says, we all stumble in many ways. So even if you are fully walking in the spirit and you're walking with the Lord, you can still struggle with sin. Yeah. Um, and that that's a different thing. Often there's there's greater temptation when we're doing well. Oh yeah. Then yeah, then, yeah. then we then we're Suc- we success together. is one of the great testers. Yeah. Yeah for life. All right, let's let's return to South Africa. Uh, so you're you're at uni? Yep. You've had this time uh, living in the the sort of shared house. The commune. The commune. <laughs> yeah. What's next? And, and then you, so you moved, you, you, you moved to a new church, got involved in leadership. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and what, so talk us through that. Yeah, so I think I, I'd always kind of been drawn to leadership, like even like going on the Alpha course, the next time the Alpha course was run, I was a, I was a leader on the Alpha course, right? And then uh, I was, I think I realized I was very closed community, like I said. One thing maybe I wish I'd done differently. And then suddenly when I moved to Johannesburg, started working straight after uni, it was different. In also, commerce? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. I worked for a German company called Siemens. Hmm. 
and um, it's a tech. Yeah, it's like electrical engineering, yeah. uh, electrical engineering company. Um, and suddenly you're in a world of, hey, everyone's not a Christian. <laughs> and I was, okay, suddenly I'm starting from scratch again. And that was good for me. Good, good time. You you miss what you have, right? And this is those dangers where you can mm. idealize mm. a time in your Christian walk that was really beautiful and the Lord was working. And I find speaking to a lot of people, they often talk about their, their uni days as a believer and, you know, Christian union and all that stuff. But, yeah, we have to be careful of that because it's just a new season. So it, it was it was tough. It was just learning to be, I think, a believer in in the real world. Um, and I always like there's something about learning to be a believer amongst real, not real. We all real people, but you know what I mean in a sense that this is the world. This is how the world, what their view is, their worldview, how they think, um, and and being a believer in those moments, right? Like, you know, I never ever ever had that feeling of like, oh, I'm ashamed to be a Christian. But suddenly I rocked up for work the first day and I'm like, I'm kind of nervous to tell people, you know, what will they think? This is a big deal because we often think about renewal and we think about like youth culture Mm. or we think about university culture. And there is great opportunity, let's let's be honest, when you're a young person and God gets a hold of you and it's new and fresh and you have freedom and time at your disposal. But one thing that we don't talk about is renewal for people who are in careers mm. or have families or who are retired. But then you really know that the Holy Spirit is t- getting hold of people yeah. when it's not attached to a season of life where you have particular freedoms. It's actually just God is moving in. He's like invading your life. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and so, so that's the thing. We, we want to be disciples of Jesus who aren't just... Uh, Strong and strong when we have you know, the, the freedoms that our season of life afford us, but actually when there's a lot of pressure on, that there's fruit coming to the surface. Yeah, because most of us will spend most of our lives in a career where we're working forty yeah. plus hours a week. Yeah, uh, if if we uh, have a part of a family. We have children, that the, the dynamic changes, but we're not in you know, the kind of exciting uh, individualistic stage of life where you can do whatever you want. We have constraints. And yet even within that, you know, we actually need to see the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, yeah. and the work of Jesus Christ. Like He desires that he would come into our life yeah. more fully. But, but we, I think we idolise the freedoms and so we, we look back reminiscent on a different yeah, time in life era. and go, yeah. oh, like I was a much better Christian then but maybe you just love that you had all these freedoms that you don't now. Yeah. But is God any less powerful? Yeah, yeah. Like then as opposed to now? Mm. No. No, absolutely not. at all. Not, yeah. we, we have to let go of that mental barrier. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think that can often be if you talk about where there is a drift away is often coming out of that, that season, especially for young people. Big temptation. They yeah. come out, they've had these massive spiritual high, everyone's close. Like I was, I had that experience yeah. where you, friends are around you, they're encouraging, yeah. all that 
and then suddenly you move out of that and you're like, oh, it's actually, it's really hard to be a Christian. <laughs> or just go into cruise control and, and, and avoid yeah. those conversations. Yeah. So or, I think very early on uh, I had this thing of like, I had that feeling. I'm yeah. like, oh man, I'm, yeah. I'm in a workplace here and I'm, I'm like, I'm almost ashamed to say I'm a Christian in case, mm. you know, I'm new, I'm the mm. bottom of the rung, what will people think of me? But I was actually like, no, Lord, I need to do this because if I don't, it's going. And I prayed like, Lord, give me an opportunity where I, I can I can actually just learn to live as a Christian in the world yes. and let people know I'm a Christian. And it was weird because I, I was part of this like sort of graduate recruitment thing where they took in like 20 grads and then we moved through the different business units in Siemens. And we'd every six weeks or so we'd come and we'd have like a, a lecture together from from someone from outside or one of the senior execs. And this woman came in and she did this team building thing and she said, draw a symbol that symbolizes you. And I'm like, Lord, thank you. That's the that's what I needed. I but, love that. But you know it's weird, Lawson. I sat there and I'm like, I knew this was was like from him, right? And Everyone was going around and, you know, drawing doors or, or like spears or guns or trying to, and then you had to you <laughs> draw a gun yeah, for your personal it's symbol. It's South Africa, man. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> South right. Africa. Um, but like this was my moment, right? And I, I drew the cross, and Amen. straight away I, I shared it. This is who I am, and um, I felt like this relief, like. And, and a gratefulness. And it's amazing, two other people in that group were believers as well. And I didn't know they were believers. Oh. And afterwards, they came up to me and said, oh, you know, kind yeah, of like yeah. the secret handshake. Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. But a relief, like, oh, I didn't know you were. And and um, it was, I had this community again oh. in the workplace, right? Yeah, that's from, great. From the Lord. And, and that um, makes a big difference. Huge, huge. So if you want to talk about, you know, often, often people say that, that pastors have one of the most difficult jobs in the world. But, hey, there's a place for a lot of people where they are the only Christian mm. in their office. That's tough. That's tough. You're trying to live that out. Or on the work site. Yeah. Man, really tough. So those are the people we need to be praying for. Uh, you know, that's that's hard work over there. But I think the Lord was really faithful to me just to see his hand. I had that community again at work, allowed me to be a believer uh, and just grew in leadership opportunities. So what took you from from like a career, yeah, to career? Yeah, <laughs> from it could be a book title, I career know. to career. Yeah. Um, so like I think that heart of mission and travel, those two things grip my heart. Um, so like I said, I why did mission grip your heart? Because I mean, clearly yeah. you already had the travel bug kind of yeah. adventurous spirit. Yeah, God sort of inbuilt that to you. But what was the mission thing? What's going so on? So I think the fact that that I became a believer when I was twenty-one. Yeah, someone someone took the courage to invite me to something, yeah. and it you know it didn't just change my life. It made me a new person. Like, oh my goodness, is that not the best thing ever? Uh, so I think my personal experience of what it means, the fact that someone came to me and, and what Jesus has meant to my life, it's like, this is what I've got to do. I've got to, got to tell others about it. And so those are two things I felt, I don't know, why I draw to Asia. Um, so I'd done like one, one holiday trip to Thailand, loved it, came back. 
And I didn't love the finance world. Like, it was okay. There was a great career path set out. But I just didn't love looking at spreadsheets all day. I really loved the people interaction. So there were two things that I think really changed the direction for me. So one or three maybe. One, I had this I had this desire to, to go. I just didn't know where. Mm. Um, and I, I thought about Asia. And then secondly, I was asked to be on a program that taught non-financials financial stuff. So the engineers and the salespeople. And then also with the church I was involved in, they used to get a whole group of volunteers and go to an AIDS orphanage. So these were kids whose parents had died of, of AIDS and HIV and their kids were infected with it. And we would take these kids out on the weekend to a park, to a swimming pool, something like that. Incredibly sad, but uh, I just I loved being with people. I loved the teaching element of, of you know, on my work side being dealing with people rather than looking at a screen all day. And then on the other side, I loved being with with kids and taking them out. So then I decided, hey, let me let me study teaching. So I studied teaching part-time, carried on working. Uh, then I In South Africa. In South Africa. Yeah. Then uh, I graduated and I went to Korea. And you just got up and moved. Yeah. I kind of was weird. I convinced two friends of mine they were both christians let's go to taiwan and teach and uh they went and for some reason i couldn't go they went to taiwan and i didn't uh and then an opportunity at a christian school opened up in korea and i went to korea uh and that's where i met my wife so can't complain it worked worked out really well for me um but after that um i took a trip back to South Africa after like a year of teaching. And on the way back, I had a I had a stopover in Hong Kong. And someone in South Africa said, oh, there's a small church there, like stop and visit. And I stopped and it was a, it was a new sort of church plant, English, English church in, in Hong Kong. And I just loved it. It was like just lo- this church had just been started and they were trying to work things out. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'd love to be part of this. Um, and then I met people and they said, oh, why don't you apply for a job here? And so I did. And I don't know, like six months later, I moved to Hong Kong um, and got involved in the church and, and was working. But then I guess there was opportunity again to start leading and just grateful for, for people who give you opportunities, right? Mm. That's, I think, what I've learned in leadership. I can look back and be thankful you don't just suddenly wake up one day and you're a leader. You just, you know, it's it's people have given you opportunities yeah. and you grow and yeah. they give you feedback. And they, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you find out what you're not and then you kind of grow in that. So I think that's where I got the opportunity to preach for the first time and lead different groups, uh, started a youth group. And, yeah, that was exciting, right? So starting a youth group to a bunch of Hong Kong kids and, and being from a different culture. Um and they're just seeing a total difference. And if we're talking about renewal, and just seeing what people need as a culture. So uh, in South Africa, I guess the big thing is sin. <laughs> like you need to get saved from doing. But in Hong Kong, they needed to be saved. They didn't have a real understanding of grace. Uh, you know, their idea was just hard work, work harder. You, you can make it happen. So that was a real eye Oh, so, so as in 
licentiousness, if, if you're to put it away, like as in the obvious yeah. sins, whereas you need to be safe from self-righteousness and hard work in yeah. Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, can, you can make it if you work hard enough. Yeah, and that's the push, right? If it's you, the push in Hong Kong. If you want to make, and that, you've got to be careful how culture creeps into the church because yeah. can, you can easily do it that so, way. So because that's a, you, you say that that's a personal thing. You can go either way. That's a cultural thing. Yeah. But we need to identify that because actually grace clearly applies to both. Yeah. But that is a, a clear blocker for you to actually be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Because so, you're filled with something else. Yeah. Like the spot is filled. Absolutely. Already. So there's yeah. no room. If you're saying, well, I'm going to fill my life with achievement and climb to the top of the ladder, mm. then there's no room for being filled with the Holy Spirit because there's something else there. Yeah. Or if you're going to fill my life with sin to, because to fill the God-shaped hole in your life, again, no room. You need to vomit it out. To, to use your, that is a very profound, I, I don't know how much you, you've, you've, you've leveraged that in your I preaching, haven't, I haven't. but that is very profound, bro. Yeah. The, that vomit thing is mm. like that nausea. That's a thing because that's what God, he's got to get it out to get his, yeah. to get his spirit in. Yeah. But, yeah. but he, but he takes it on himself. What, what are the, what are those blockers? Um, yeah. You know, maybe just what you said there just reminds me in, in Philippians, right? He talks mm, about finally mm. brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, yeah. whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if anything is excellent or if anything is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Yes. Now there's that appeal to the mind, mm. like, and, and I think there is personal renewal is often about the mind. Now, if you flip that verse on its head, and you like, hey, fill yourself with whatever is impure, whatever is dirty, what like fill it with all sorts of rubbish. What's gonna be the outcome? Yeah. What's gonna be the state of your mind? Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's often a place where we find ourselves is because we've been filling our mind with with rubbish. Mm. What we think about, what we meditate on, what we give our time to, what we look at. You know, it's interesting. We're, we're, uh, we've been doing Lent um, at church yeah. over this season, sort of leading up to Easter, and we encourage people to set aside certain things. And I, you know, I was just, you know, I've sort of switched off the news and uh, social media, yeah, and not podcasts, movies, though. movie, pardon, not podcasts, not podcasts. <laughs> I'm going hard on podcasts, <laughs> but no, that's and, true. And not nobody. movies and Netflix, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and it is really interesting because. I, I like politics, yeah. <laughs> and, and there was a state election, um, but I just have no idea what's going on. But I don't even think about it because I'm not because I'm not being. Um, th- there's none of that information is going to my mind. So mm-hmm. other things are influencing me, and we can't like. So do you think that's good for you spiritually? Or uh, y- yes, I don't think we should be Amish in the sense that when like live in a different era. Yeah. But what you're saying is we need to be aware of what our influences do to us. Yeah. Because it, it's a simple and logical fact of life that, you know, you are what you eat or, you know, as I said before, garbage in, garbage out. What you consume, and, and we're learning this about the human body, aren't we? Like yeah. if you eat well, uh, your gut health affects your mental health. Yeah. Right, like, and and you know, like it makes sense. Yeah. If you eat rubbish, you're going to feel bad. Yeah, 
if if you consume rubbish, you're going to be spiritually depleted. Mm. And if I can say, that's probably one of one of the biggest barriers to spiritual growth. Now, whether it's spiritual or newer or not, but is distractions. And like there's always been throughout the history of mankind, we'll fill ourselves with, with all sorts of stuff. But are we not living in a generation? Well, it is fruit of the spirit, yeah. right? So, so I, growth and renewal, I see, are the same. We, we tend to... Um, I think renewal is actually you've lost your way a little bit, if I understand that. Like you've, you've either grown slightly cold or dry, uh, whereas growth, you can just plateau, just be you, you're carrying on on the plane and you're happy, you're comfortable where it is, uh, you're happy being that sort of that sort of Christian. And I mean, the Bible talks about us being like to be constantly filled. Yeah, yeah. So the the way I think about renewal is it's it's actually something we can't let go of. Mm. And it's something that I think Paul really pursued. You see, I mean, you see it flood his letters, like yeah. particularly the book, of, uh, yeah. like the letter to the Ephesian church. Like he's talking about spiritual experience, mm. as in like this is what I pray for you. But he's only praying out of what he's himself has received. Yeah. So, I th- I think our um, like growing and renewal. Uh, come out of a desire to be in step or filled with the Holy Spirit. But renewal corporate is where lots of people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And there is a broader sovereign work of God which yeah. results and in there's a, heaps there's of a, transformation. Yeah. yeah. So, there's, But we must remember that um, if, if God truly does hold the universe together by the word of his power, that is no less involved in the, the small step of renewal, which is tomorrow I get up and read the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, it's those little things. As he is involved in yeah. like a thousand or you know, several thousand people getting converted in a short space of yeah. time in big corporate. He's, he does both. Yeah. So I think if we go back a little bit, like I totally agree with that. Yeah. But like one thing that I guess maybe hampers us in like that renewal is that in, in that season, like let's just say it's at university, we use that as an example, where there's a lot happening. Hmm. And every weekend there's something new and it goes on. But the truth is, like, most of your Christian life is more about putting one step in front of the other. It's a walk, right? We're called to a walk. And so and I can remember as a believer reading the book of Daniel hmm. and thinking, man, this is stuff happening all the time. Like he wakes up one day, he's been thrown to the lines, and the next day his friends have been burnt or the other way around. My computer's telling us that our podcast that is, is going. time, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 we're, that we're still going. Uh, Let's keep going. No, well, all I was going to say is that, that I feel like uh, that, you know, you read the book of Daniel and it can, if you, if you just read from chapter to chapter, it can feel like there's always action, right? But yeah. Daniel was taken as probably a 16-year-old mm. by the Babylonian Empire and he died as a 90-year-old. Or That's a long it. time. Yeah, most of that time, he just woke up, got dressed, and went to work and was faithful. Amen. And, and you know, that's, that is part of the Christian walk. Yeah. Not every day is going to be filled with fireworks. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's part of being faithful. It's just part of doing those little things every day. And 
The reason Daniel was able to face those big things is because he had probably been faithful for in all the little things. He's mm. been faithfully praying, been faithfully reading the Word of God. And yeah. when the test came, he was ready yeah. for it because he had been faithful in the other n- number of days where it hadn't. And that's going to be true of our lives. We're going to have season where things happen. Uh, and But the most of the time, it's going to be about waking up, getting dressed, going to work, and being faithful. And I guess w- when we think about, w- when we sometimes reminisce or, you know, if you know, you've, you've passed through those sort of teenage and uni years or the years of abundant freedom. We reminisce about the freedom thinking that, well, if only I was like that, then I could be a renewed person. But actually, if, if, it, if the source is not your freedom but the Holy Spirit, mm. yes. th- then he's accessible and available to us at any time. So really, we're actually only limiting ourselves by going, it you know, like I can't be involved in that. That's why faith, you know, Jesus says, you have have not because you ask not. Yeah. I think it's James actually. You have not because you ask not. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's James. And and, and 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 we ha- we have not, uh, you know, a sense of being filled with the Spirit because like, do we even ask for that? Yeah. Or do we feel we need it? That's right, yeah. Graham. We've covered like. A third of the ground I wanted to cover today, and we even had like the theme song music like <laughs> override us for a minute, telling us to stop. So we're going to have to do this again. Yeah. No. I. Hey. Can I say I, I love that, and and you're a great host. You <laughs> ask good questions. Uh, I hope it's been fun for the listeners as well. Like, uh, but just just to say, like, the most thing is just to treasure Jesus. Right. Yeah. That's that's what it's that's about. Personal renewal. Uh, it's to treasure Him. Yeah, I, I, I like to think um, that our relationship uh, with God sort of develops from, you know, it's a relationship to God. That's sort of the entry because you have to actually work out where you stand with him. Uh, then it's a relationship with God. Then you cultivate that. Yeah. And then your relationship for God, you become a worshiper that you're not in it for yourself but for him. Yeah, yeah. And so it's all three. You need to be justified. You need to be in Christ. Mm. But then your total focus becomes not about yourself but about but about him. Yeah. My brother, thank you. Uh, it's been great. Thanks so much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for being a part of Renewal the Podcast for this week. If you want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, comment, like. We'd love to you also to rate and review the podcast that helps other people hear about us and learn more about Renewal. We'll see you.